0: Welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast,
1: recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute, INPRI, New Delhi.
2: Okay. We are live. Thank you. A uh, very good morning from New Delhi. On behalf of the Centre, for environment climate change and sustainable development at impact and policy research institute new delhi i simi mehta welcome my, extend my warm welcome to all of you i take this opportunity to welcome our distinguished panel for today to discuss on one of the most pressing challenges which has been posed by the coronavirus pandemic which is the waste management Waste management is considered to be one of the most significant component of preventing the propagation of diseases and illnesses. However, an important question that comes up is, how does one ensure a scientific waste management of solid waste, sludges, biomedical waste, and hazardous waste during a time of lethal global viral illness? To avoid cross-contamination out of handling waste during the corona times, or I would like to put it as the corona waste, requires a meticulous mechanism in place to transit through the pandemic, and also to ensure that the degree of efficiency that has been achieved during these times are preserved and in fact enriched for the future. I also believe that it is important to document the impact of changes introduced by the municipal authorities, and monitor the progress through periodic assessments. On this note, I am excited to introduce to you our esteemed panelists for the day. We are honored to have Dr. Keith Alverson as the chair for the session. Dr. Keith is a veteran environmentalist. He is the director of the International Environmental Technology Center at the United Nations Environment Program in Osaka, Japan. This center serves as a global center for excellence on environmentally sound technologies with a focus on waste management. Dr. Keith has also been the coordinator of the Freshwater, Land, and Climate branch in Kenya, where he oversaw UNEP's global portfolio of projects in climate change, adaptation, and ecosystem-based mitigation, as well as terrestrial and freshwater ecosystem management. Dr. Alverson was also the head of UNESCO's Ocean Observations and Services at the Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission and the director of the Global Ocean Observing System in France. Dr. Keith holds a degree in mechanical and aerospace engineering from the Princeton University and a doctorate in physical oceanography from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. He was a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Toronto, Canada. Dr. Alvison has a huge list of publications and has published in prestigious platforms like Nature, Science, Elsevier, and others, and has served on a number of several high-level international commissions and continues to do so. So we are extremely privileged to have you amidst us this morning, and I'm confident that the audience would get to learn a lot from you. Thank you, sir.
3: Thank you very much, Simi.
2: Thank you, sir. We are also delighted to have with us Ms. Swati Singh Sambyal, She's a renowned researcher on waste management and has worked in India as well as across the global south on development issues concerning sustainable and affordable waste management. She has worked extensively in Tanzania, Ethiopia, and Namibia, and has enabled an implementation and process policy reforms and pushed for integrated waste management approach by adopting circular solutions. Ms. Swati is presently associated with the UN Habitat Regional Office for Asia and Pacific in New Delhi. She has worked with the Center for Science and Environment previously for over nine years as the head of a program on municipal solid waste and has been a part of several national and international boards on solid waste management. Thank you so much, ma'am, for accepting our invitation and being with us this morning.
0: Thanks, Sammi. My pleasure to
2: be here. Thank you. Welcome, ma'am. Our second panelist for the day is Professor Rajesh Kumar Dubey, Associate Professor, Integrated Waste Management and Sustainable Engineering at IIT, Indian Institute of Technology, Kharagpur, West Bengal. He holds a PhD in Environmental Engineering Sciences from the University of Florida. He was the recipient of the prestigious Endeavor Executive Fellowship from the Department of Education and Training, Government of Australia. Professor Dubek has been on the board of several national and international committees, including the UN Industrial Development Organization, UNIDO, Nigeria, American Society for Public Health, Washington, D.C., World Bank, etc. He's an avid writer and has over 200 publications as journal articles, book chapters, project reports, magazine articles, etc. Professor Dubey's research areas include integrated waste management, environmental risk assessment, environmental engineering, and life cycle analysis and sustainable engineering. And he likes to call himself a garbologist. Thank you, sir, for being with us this morning. Before I invite Dr. Keith to make his opening remarks, I would like to make some housekeeping announcements for the audience. Um, uh, after the panelists have made their, uh, dis- made their uh, discussion, I would request all of you to, if you have any questions, to write your questions on the chat box, identify yourself, and identify the panelist to whom the question is posed. So, with this, I invite Dr. Keith Alverson to make his opening remarks. Over to you, sir.
3: Thank you so much, Simi, and uh, uh, welcome everybody who is online and interested in this uh, problem and uh, these challenges associated with waste management uh, during the COVID-19 crisis. So I wonder who you are uh, as audience. Um, Presumably, you are feeling a challenge. Um, And I think that's one of the questions is whose challenge is this? At UNEP, we are a global organization and we've got some uh, recommendations the same way World Health Organization and other UN agencies do related to COVID, related to waste management COVID, pitched uh, mostly towards governments, national governments. But a lot of these challenges are not inherently national. Uh, you might individually be wondering what to do with your dispose, how to dispose your mask at the end of the day, for example. Or uh, cities, municipalities are facing challenges associated with their uh, standard solid waste management practices. How do they maintain services uh, for people it, with, with the COVID crisis going on? How do they uh, Ensured social distancing of, of of workers, for example. How do they protect the workers, both formal and informal, in the waste management business? Uh, there are also challenges being faced by institutions. Uh, you know, we're also I'm sitting here in, in a building which, uh, in my case, is many many stories high, and there's a waste management procedure and process in my building. Similarly, hospitals, individual hospitals, or uh, Retirement facilities will have waste management procedures which will need to be maintained at, at, with some amendments to ensure safety and, and uh, both of the workers, of the people in the, in the institution, and of course, uh, more generally. So how do we adjust? How do, how do we uh, face those challenges at such a range, such a hierarchy of different scales? Um, that's, in itself, one of the challenges, is we don't know who, who we should talk to, who we should uh, uh, engage at what, at what level of granularity to address this challenge. Another thing I want to say uh, from the outset is a lot of the times when we think about problems and solutions in, in, in the environment, we think almost by nature in a kind of a steady state way. There are so many tons of waste being generated per day, so we need to have a solution which can generate, can find, can uh, deal with this many tons of hazardous waste, this many tons of potentially infectious waste, and so forth. Unfortunately, with COVID, we do not have a steady state. We have an enormous growing challenge in many places, uh, exponential growth in the presence of this disease, exponential growth in certain streams of waste. And we have uncertainty about the future. For example, in some countries or, or cities where there had been a great decline, there is now again, so taking the United States as an example, a, a lack of personal protective equipment, which is part of the waste challenge eventually, is now reappearing. Uh, four months after it was supposedly solved. So my plea then is to think about all of these problems as we have to be solutions must be adaptive because we're not in a steady state. Things are changing rapidly and anything we see as a solution today or implement, we have to learn from it. We have to see how the impact of our measures, uh, w- what sorts of impact we're having and we have to adjust and, and. Uh, in many, many ways, which we can't really predict well right now. One final thought uh, before I turn over is, uh, to the speakers is to think about multiple disasters. Okay, it's it's horrible enough thinking about COVID-19 and its waste management and uh, the impacts of COVID-19. Here in uh, Western Japan, where I live, we're currently facing enormous flooding challenges. We have more than 50 direct deaths from flooding. And there's a huge uh, resistance among people to relocate to safe zones because they're concerned about COVID. And there's also a magnified challenge with flood-related waste uh, and removing it because people are concerned that it might be contagious. So uh, I think a lot of countries are now, because the COVID crisis is extending for quite a long time, are entering, say, either the cyclone season or the heavy rain season, or some or might have an earthquake, for example. And so it would behoove us to think about those other kind of uh, shocks to the system that might impact anything we're talking about. And those can be quite large. So uh, UNEP, uh, it has some Thinking, we're producing both some fact sheets and some reports on COVID waste management, looking very much at environmental impacts, uh, thinking about human health and environmental health as sort of a combined problem that we can look at holistically. Uh, but many of our uh, our advice and our thinking is more oriented towards the national level. I think uh, I hope that uh, in this. Um, uh, short webinar, we'll have the opportunity to, to drill down at, at the municipal level and even at the personal level uh, as well. So with that sort of general introduction as chair, um, I'm very happy now to turn over to the more substantive uh, presentations. I think the first is from uh, Swati Samgyal, who joins us from uh, UN Habitat's uh, office in India, I believe. So uh, please uh, go ahead, uh, Ms. samyal
0: Thanks, Keith. Um, I'll just share my screen. Is this visible to all of you? Yes, oh, yes. Great. Good to... So um, I, I thought it's it's important to draw down what are the existing challenges that uh, we are facing in India, and then I would be more interested in talking about the solutions, drawing down from a few cities in India that Uh, past few months have been looking out on as in how cities in the country are combating on this complex issue of COVID-19 and waste. Now broadly, if we look at where the waste is coming from, what are the sources? Uh, It probably is from containment zones or the red zones, the quarantine facilities, the COVID care centers, isolation homes, and uh, quarantine homes, healthcare facilities, hospitals, and laboratories. So all these are the Broader sources. And as uh, Keith rightly mentioned, that uh, we weren't adept in handling this kind of waste, you know, since years, since decades. And uh, accordingly, there have been a lot of uh, adaptation in the guidelines that have come out recently. So, CPCB very recently bought its third revision to the handling of. COVID-19 Waste uh, Guidelines, which was out on 10th June. And there have been constant updates and additions uh, as compared to the old guideline, which came way back in March, 2020. So of course you all could refer to it. It's it's, It's a document easily available online, but broadly apart from the general categories of biomedical waste that have been listed, which is red, white and blue, there has been a yellow category added which would uh, involve waste being covid waste being generated from households or quarantine centers or for that matter even facilities hospital and healthcare facilities which ideally needs to go for incineration but here also lies a big question mark and the challenge now broadly looking at where we are in terms of biomedical waste management in the country there are over 200 uh, common biomedical treatment facilities, uh, which are operational, about 23 are under uh, construction. But uh, what, what I really want to highlight, apart from the other figures that are there, is that, uh, you know, typically a government or a private hospital would produce about 500 grams of biomedical waste per bit. But now... During the COVID scenario, that number has highly gone up. It's somewhere between 2.5 to 4 kg, a drastic increase in uh, the biomedical waste that is coming out of hospitals. And uh, the capacity of our treatment facilities are only limited. For instance, if you look at Delhi, um, as per the official data and figures from various sources, about 60 to 70 percent of the biomedical waste is being sent to biomedical treatment facilities. But there's a question mark to where where else is it being taken. And this waste is not just from hospitals, but it also is from um, isolated uh, homes or uh, quarantined homes. So which is a major concern? Coming straight to the challenges, of course, it's multifold. One is that uh, we have dearth of workers and staff available for right collection and disposal. Many we know are already getting infected. Uh, for Delhi, I may say that about 40 to 45 sanitation workers presently have tested positive uh, from the virus. About 15 have lost their lives. That is also happening because most of the times when you see these workers coming to your houses and collecting their waste, many of them are not even wearing their masks or gloves or, uh, you know, the provision of these PPs is not regular. It's not daily. So these workers are expected to either wear the same PPS uh, for about a week or they're not given the daily supplies. Huge quantity of general waste is, uh, you know, getting mixed in COVID-19 waste. Uh, this is on record data, and I've been hearing it regularly from reporters and journalists and my data sources that that households that have to quarantine aren't giving their COVID-19 waste in yellow bag. And even if they are giving, it is getting mixed with other uh, waste, which is your general waste. Now, imagine when this waste is going to a common biomedical incineration facility, and uh, that facility is majorly equipped for treating of biomedical incinerable waste, but your general waste is also reaching there. So it may create a havoc. Also for the workers who are directly dealing with this waste, sorting masks and PPs from your general waste, that's an issue.
2: Swati, Swati, can you hear us?
4: It looks like we lost her. Or?
2: Yes, so perhaps her connectivity. Yes. Uh, so, by the time uh, uh, you know. Yes, ma'am, we lost you for a bit.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. 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 Yes. Was I still on the challenges? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So That's I think these are the challenges. Uh, majorly, we're not segregating as a country. The segregation percentages are low. Our workers are, uh, you know, affected uh, due to um, not using PPEs or they're directly dealing with mis- mixed waste and sorting it. We have a lot of lives lost. Basically, sanitation workers who are at the forefront of it—they are not getting PPEs daily. So broadly, these are the issues. But uh, just a minute. Yeah. So as you can see, this is a picture where um, you know hospital uh, PPEs used by mm-hmm. doctors are openly disposed. And uh, we see this happening in, in probably a lot of cities across the country. I hope I'm audible, Simi.
2: Yes, uh, you are, but we are unable to see your screen. So you'd need to share
0: the screen again. Okay, I'm so sorry for this technical glitch. I don't know why it's happening. That's completely um, understandable. Yeah. Just a minute. Yes. yes. Are you able to see it now? Yes, yes. Okay. let me quickly move to. Yeah. So what I was sharing was that we're seeing a lot of instances where there is open disposal of PPEs and hospital waste. Uh, But then coming to the challenges are huge, but coming to various interventions of uh, cities, we're also seeing that there are cities that have taken effective measures uh, against COVID and also managing waste. Uh, The first city that I would want to talk about is uh, Panaji in Goa, and they have been so segregating since 2005. They've had an effective system of workers and volunteers and NGOs have been constantly on the ground, uh, educating people and managing the waste, and uh, it's been one of the oldest cities that have been practicing decentralized waste management. And we see that during COVID, there has been a, a lot of awareness on how to handle the PP waste, how to handle biomedical waste. And that's why probably due to even a surge of cases here, everything was handled well. And this city, we don't hear as one of the you know red cities where COVID is an issue, in spite of being a touristic city. Uh, other city is from Maharashtra, which is panchgani And I often talk about this city because, again, it's a... Zero waste city, and uh, a lot of efforts were taken by the mayor here in ensuring not only source segregation happens, but it happens into PPEs and domestic hazardous waste as well. There is a modality wherein every uh, every week or every 14 days, such waste is collected from households, which is your PPEs, your masks, and other, you know, potentially infected waste, even from an asymptomatic uh, patient. And it goes to the nearest incineration facility. So again, robust waste management and, and awareness is coming out to be a game changer in the city. Another city that uh, has really done well in these tough times is Ambikapur and Chhattisgarh. What's amazing is that uh, the model is managed by 447 women workers, uh, which are a part of a self-help group. That manage waste, that manage collection of waste, and they've been not been able to um, ensure enough awareness amongst cities, amongst uh, the residents of the city. But they have also utilized the SSG to prepare sanitizers and masks as per WHO standards and uh, distribute it amongst residents. Yeah, uh, you know, and there is a penalty in, in both Panjkani as well as Ambikapur if you don't wear. A clock mask and if you just step out without wearing it. So again, effective awareness and effective waste management. Kerala, we have known, has been on the forefront of waste management uh, past many, many years now. And major cities here uh, have been very effective in handling of not only the waste, but also in ensuring that residents treat their waste at source. Thiruvananthapuram is one such city. Uh, where, uh, you know, households are not only segregating, but they're also composting or using biogas technologies to manage waste at source. Uh, They're also stocking up dry waste, uh, uh, you know, divided into multiple fractions at household level, and then it's collected, including PPEs within the city. And this city was known um, to have, you know, very successful containment plan, because initially we saw maximum cases coming from kerala and uh, uh, you know i think its plan is well acknowledged nationally as well as internationally so just sharing a few slides Vijaywada in andhra pradesh is uh, another city which was able to take effective uh, measures to not only manage waste but also uh, you know handle uh, uh, an effective covid-19 response by educating the workers by doing uh, um, you know various mock drills for them by ensuring that the city had an effective containment strategy for various level of levels of cases that would come out right from high risk to low risk to asymptomatic patients so i feel that having educating and spreading awareness and, uh, you know, creating effective containment strategies with focus on waste management and disposal is the need of the hour. And I feel not just these cities, but many other cities, I would say, Mysuru is one and Bangalore has one, um, which have really, uh, you know, uh, been a game changer in terms of what they've done uh, with COVID-19 and their responses. Uh, The lessons that I, uh, personally as a researcher feel that we need to pick from all these interventions. So of course the slides will be shared so you could uh, you know go through all the details but I would want to highlight on what we have learned. One is that segregate, segregate, segregate. That's the need of VR that, that should happen at any cost at source. And what's important is the social engineering uh, aspect which is how do we change behavior? Uh, also in these tough and challenging times. Because at the ground, when you would really dissect the issues, the number one issue that would come is that households are not segregating their waste. The collectors are taking mixed waste. They are then sorting it further, which makes them more prone to you know, getting infected. So it all has to start from you and me, which means we have to segregate at source, which means uh, the decentralization component. You know, Here it comes for the fact that we have clearly Seen that cities that have that were that had a very active, um, you know, citizen engagement via NGOs, via volunteer groups, by via self-help groups, they were more effective in their COVID-19 responses because they had this community behavior and community uh, social engineering uh, aspect already addressed by involving all these groups. So when the time came to spread awareness around COVID, it was much easier for such cities. As compared to cities, for instance, even like Delhi, which has a very centralized waste management system. Uh, but I feel uh, that doesn't mean that any big big city should uh, have a big jolt right now. What they should be using, doing is at institutional level or at residential level, at community level, spread awareness and use the active resource of various groups. Uh, that's the need of the art and localized action uh, has really been a game changer for COVID-19 response um, in India. Um, just to, you know, kind of draw inference uh, to what I'm saying, uh, every month I kind of am mapping cities that, uh, that are practicing centralized waste management and what are the number of cases and cities that have majorly really a de- decentralized waste management scenario and what is the, ca- the case. And if you clearly see, it has a direct correlation even with waste management, because uh, all your green cities are cities that are practicing decentralized waste management. All your red cities are cities that are centralized. And you can clearly see that cities that have a more localized action have also had less cases when it comes to cities with centralized interventions on waste management, which means it's only the private party and the municipality so clearly what i'm signaling towards uh, at the end of this uh, you know presentation is that we need more localized action we need more sensitization and segregation uh, high time has to be uh, you know it's the need of the hour for effective uh, covid-19 response so thank you i'm sorry for the glitch yeah
2: Yes. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Swati. Yes, sir. Yes,
3: sir. Over to you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Swati. That was an excellent uh, presentation with some very uh, thought-provoking um, results, uh, especially, I think, the last slide. I mean, this concept that uh, decentralization will lead to some resilience to, to COVID. And I think maybe when we get to the questions, we can try to unpack that a bit more because it, probably different in different places uh, and the level of decentralization is going to be a question. So I, I'm really interested to discuss that uh, further. Um, but I don't think we're going to stop for discussion and questions now. My understanding is we will first take our uh, second uh, presentation and then open it up. So uh, let me call then on Professor uh, Rajas Dubey from the India Institute of Technology to give us our uh, second presentation. Thank you.
4: Uh, thank you, Keith. Uh, wonderful presentation, Swati. So I'll kind of build on on where you left. And uh, let me share my slide. Okay, so can you see it? Can you see the slide okay? Okay.
2: Yes, sir. Yes.
4: Okay, so... Uh, the topic we all know, we are talking about uh, the challenges on waste from uh, COVID and, uh, and also we'll talk about slightly what, what's the way forward. So I thought uh, since uh, I've seen that many times during these type of webinars, we have many students and other people on uh, audience who doesn't have a uh, much understanding of uh, uh, like a, what is waste, how it is managed, what is in there. So I just have, and being a professor of this topic, I, I try to give a little bit of background. So this, what you're looking at on the slide right now, it's um, it's a report which came out by World Bank uh, in 2018. I think it came in around uh, October or November of 2018. And it kind of gives us a snapshot of where the waste management, solid waste management will be in 2050. Uh, so they focused on biomedical and other stuff. My, my talk will focus more on municipal solid waste and its impact on, uh, Uh, like COVID impact on municipal solid waste management. So I'm talking about municipal solid waste right now, which you and I produce on a day-to-day basis. So presently, we produce around 2 billion tons uh, annually, and uh, that is expected to go up to around 3.4 billion tons by 2050. So there's a huge amount of waste that needs to be managed. Now with this new normal of this COVID, so there is, of course, there will be an impact. So as Soti mentioned, that segregation, 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 in one of our slides, you may have seen that, Uh, segregation. So as you can see, there are the different components. We have metals, we have glass, we have plastics, we have papers, and then we have this food and green waste. Uh, For our audience in India, we know that uh, solid waste management rules 2016, it requires us to do wet and dry separation. So your dry part is your metal, glass, plastic, and paper, and your wet part is the food waste. So if we keep this separate, that is, of course, we can manage it properly in a regular times, as well as during this COVID times, which I will in a minute and but if we mix it together that creates a lot of problem because mixed waste is actually uh, you cannot really do much with the mixed waste other than putting it in a sanitary landfill uh, because uh, you even waste to energy plants doesn't work well with the mixed waste as we, we know and if you look at the waste generation uh, this part of the world uh, South Asia or East Asia the Pacific and Central Asia so Asia is kind of uh, the highest uh, if you look at the total waste, if you look at per capita, still North America will probably lead and North America and Europe, but since the population is higher on this side, so for those people on the, in the audience who are interested in being an entrepreneur, try to have a business, garbage waste management, there's a lot of uh, industry needs to be set up in India with proper technology and other countries as well. I emphasize on proper technology. All technologies are good, but you have to make the conditions for it suitable. It's not that any, many technology which is working anywhere in the world is working there because it, the homework has been done properly. In Indian context, we don't many times, we don't do the homework properly. And that's the reason why the technologies fail. And unfortunately, the technology gets a bad name. It's not the technology is not the problem. One of the major problem, which I wrote a piece in economic times almost uh, two years, more than two and a half years ago now, that for effective dis- disposal, segregation is the key, which you heard from Swati as well. Segregation, segregation, segregation. Without segregation, you cannot really do much on uh, waste management. Now coming to this Corona, uh, COVID or uh, coronavirus case, we are seeing a huge increase in uh, uh, plastic especially, a lot of packaging material uh, with the online shopping, people going for uh, uh, panic buying, PPEs, stockpiling. So there is an enormous increase of plastic waste and other packaging waste coming into into the waste stream. And I'm talking about municipal solid waste. Of course, uh, one thing which has happened uh, like because of uh, home quarantine and uh, those asymptotic case like where you don't have the symptoms yet but you are still carrying the virus and you're using all those masks and other things. So even uh, waste coming from individual houses there is a risk associated with that. So we have to, as Swati mentioned that we lost 40 sanitation workers in Delhi itself uh, for other cities, we don't have that much data out there yet, probably we'll know in future. So it's, uh, it, the, that's, that's a concern because uh, it's, uh, people are getting exposed to it. Our sanitation workers are getting exposed to it. Another bigger concern is that uh, when in, during this lockdown period, uh, if you remember uh, the waste collection is an essential service, but waste recycling is not. So the recycling pileup was there and informal recyclers, we know how most of them work in developing countries they are at a greater risk in terms of managing uh, all these waste which is coming out. So, and we saw this plastic showing up, uh, in, in fact, in the beaches, uh, you may see on the right hand side, you're seeing a picture of a gentleman holding all those masks and uh, other stuff. This kind of pictures is very common now. You can find it from different places in the world. This is uh, from Hong Kong and you'll find it in Europe. We saw some in uh, even uh, people have found in France beaches. And so you will see pretty much everywhere in the world, we are seeing uh, these PPEs and other things showing up. And uh, that reason is the improper waste management. And the plastic, which was kind of getting a little bit of uh, beating in terms of, uh, uh, because of the plastic waste. Again, if you, if you look at plastic, plastic as a material is not that bad. The problem is the plastic waste. If we are not managing the plastic waste properly, that was the problem. Plastic as a material, actually, if you look at even to the hospitals today with all our uh, friends and uh, whoever are there in the hospital, most of those life-saving equipments which is out there is majorly of plastic. That single-use plastic actually becomes an issue. And that's that single-use plastic is increasing during this corona crisis. So that's, um, recently we did a... Uh, uh, webinar, also some media launches. Some of you may have seen that on, uh, which was done as a blue paper for World Resource Institute where we looked at plastic in ocean and all that. That document is available on the web. If you are interested, we can share that with you later on as well. There also we talk about plastic and other pollution going into the ocean. On the left, you can see here uh, that uh, in the PPE, the full face seal, the face mask, the single, single use, long sleeve, fluid ripple and gone, or uh, surgical mask, Uh, disposable apron, they have different types of plastics uh, which is there and which is creating problem in terms of its disposal. Factors which is in the the recycling center, this plastic recycling, as we know, uh, whenever there is a slump in oil prices, plastic recycling business suffers. And with the transport restrictions during this lockdown, the recycling industry also suffered during that point as well. We had shortage of its staff because of the lockdown, people not coming for jobs and uh, they were not advised to come so there was an impact uh, there as well so the recycling industry did get impacted due to the uh, this uh, corona uh, crisis even continues to get impacted as well hygiene concern is there in terms of consumer prefer- consumer preference uh, where we are trying we are going back to the single use um, uh, rather than going for reusable there is a false sense of security that using this single use plastic bag or even uh, I call it a false sense of security when we compare with the other packaging material. For example, if you compare paper versus plastic, paper, what has been reported so far, this virus uh, is uh, kind of uh, alive and kicking on paper for almost 24 hours. And for plastic, it stays for three to four days. So actually plastic is, we should use more paper rather than plastic, if you go by that. But plastic is convenient. It's a convenience, moisture proof, and uh, so that's what makes uh, plastic usage actually much higher in, in terms of packaging material and, if, um, and then uh, we have the metals and other things. Uh, so there are different uh, surfaces on which this virus can be uh, like, uh, can be active on uh, for a certain number of days. So that has an impact on recycling industry as well. So if you look at the recycling industry, they should now, if you, if you bring recyclables uh, to any uh, recycling place, you should keep it for three, four days to let this virus being inactivated. Now this three, four days means you need more storage space. Do we have that infrastructure? How to do that? So those things uh, comes in picture. Should we store the waste for three, four days in our house rather than sending it? Uh, Because that will also reduce the risk uh, to those uh, sanitation workers who who are collecting this waste. Plastic, uh, there was a ban, the ban is being rolled back. Uh, coronavirus fears uh, has reversed hard fought ban on single use plastic. And so there will be a increase in plastic usage which is going to happen. So we need to learn better manage the plastic waste in this post-corona world which hopefully will come in few months from now. We, <laughs> I hope uh, that it comes very soon. Uh, so there will be of course, aggressive plastic industry. We have to have behavioral change, the economic concerns because, because of, as I mentioned, because of low plastic, low oil prices uh, many times, this plastic. plastic is essentially oil, it's coming from the crude, so uh, but it also has a lot of uh, pigments and a lot of binders and other things which has negative uh, human impact. Plastics, as I said, are helping us, but are we responsible users? So, this slide actually comes from Dr. Vijay Habu, he has been, uh, recently uh, shared a presentation with me, so it is his slide. So, where uh, if you can see these pictures where, uh, like, uh, in um, in the middle, you see that in Hindi, where basically two dogs trying to fight on that mask, and uh, and then on the right hand side, you see the mask being just littered all around the place. So the biggest, it says, the biggest virus on earth is, is still the human behavior, uh, which is, uh, and that kind of holds true, uh, because in, from the houses, even the people who are on home quarantine, they we are seeing the mixing of uh, uh, the PPE waste with the regular solid waste. So regular municipal solid waste. Proposed practices to fight, uh, uh, we have to move, uh, like uh, try to go from manual to automated systems, uh, where uh, try to get less manual labor, uh, try to have more automated system. That also has another ramification, like uh, in country like India, where we have to produce job, where there are a huge, pop- like a good amount of population, which makes it living out of garbage. So how we do that. So though of course, the transition will be there in terms of having a better PPEs for them and uh, them coming up with, uh, so that they are less exposed, so that we, that we don't get a uh, negative impact on them. Landfilling is still uh, in many parts of the world, including in India, landfill. Sometimes it's considered a very bad word, uh, but some uh, sanitary landfill as as a, as a solid waste engineer, I feel like that there is a still a place for sanitary landfill in any integrated waste management system because there will always be some waste which you cannot recycle, you cannot incinerate and they have to find a resting place. Otherwise they will keep on littered around and will end up in our ocean or sea and or uh, in other places. So transition could be incineration, chemical recycling for automated systems or we go for this bioplastic. Bioplastic, whatever is out there right now, they claim to be 100% biodegradable, but many of them are actually not because uh, they need very sophisticated, industrial grade composter to work. We have seen it in our studies. Uh, in fact, when I was teaching in uh, Toronto area, uh, in Gulf uh, city of Guelph, we had this uh, compost plant where this biodegradable plastic, even after two, three cycles of compost it's still, it was there. So it was not really uh, degrading very well. And of course we need to kind of go towards uh, a bigger bigger, uh, concept of the circular economy. So this is my summary slide and then I think I will end. Uh, So it's uh, in terms of the solid waste management trends during COVID and after that, if you look at from the very beginning to the very end, so we have this waste generation from household, quarantine homes, temporary medical facilities, healthcare facilities, temporary medical and healthcare as uh, Swati mentioned, it is essentially going to uh, biomedical waste. Quarantine homes, if it's a dedicated quarantine home, it should also go to biomedical waste. But in many developing countries, including in India, we do see biomedical waste mixing with regular municipal solid waste and ending up in our dump sites. Uh, household, it's mixed garbage and uh, source segregation is still very low other than some uh, uh, some of the case study you heard from Swathi and some other places also they do it. But other than that, it's again a mixed garbage and, uh, it's, uh, and this PPEs and uh, from um, people like you and me who may not have any symptoms, but it's still we are carrying virus. Uh, those uh, things also can come into this mixed garbage. So there is a concern over there. Sorting is storage. It has to go to more, uh, at least have a more storage. Let the virus uh, be deactivated over a period of three, four days. And then you handle that either at your home level or at a uh, collection center or go for more mechanized system and uh, this uh, biomedical uh, should be treated uh, in biomedical designated facilities then collection system may require more number of trucks increased frequency just to because the waste generation is also going up frequency of collection uh, we may not uh, we may not collect all these uh, uh, like uh, recyclables uh, after maybe 3 4 days so that's that's how the virus will get de- deactivated and then may require more number of trucks, increased frequency from healthcare, temporary medical facilities, and all that. And then we, for the treatment system, we have to go for more automated facilities to encourage prevent infection. So, and uh, our composting, anaerobic digestion, all those things are there. Incineration, deep burial for other type of waste as well. So, this is uh, kind of in uh, detail. And those of you, those who are a student in the audience, those of you who are interested. Uh, I do teach a MOOC course, uh, uh, online course on integrated waste management for a smart city. There is a terminology smart city just to catch the eyeball. It is we are talking about basics of integrated waste management for any city or town. It's focused on developing countries. And this course has been offered already three times. So this will be the fourth offering and we have uh, more than 25,000 students already have taken this course in the last three offering. And this is MHRD, Ministry of Human Resources Development, Government of India funded course. So it's a free for any enrollment for the certificate, you need to pay a fee. So if you're interested, you can always go and search for it, you'll find it. If you don't find it, send me an email. And uh, so that's pretty much where I would like to end uh, my presentation. Uh, Thank you.
3: Thank you very much, uh, Professor Dubey. A very uh, enlightening talk on some of the challenges of waste management and how they've been impacted both directly uh, you know, with increased amounts of plastic waste, but also some of the indirect impacts, uh, which maybe we can touch on in, in the discussion, because many times, uh, you know, things like frequency of, uh, or location of waste, uh, or uh, there might be guidance to stop, you know, as you were saying, uh, reduce the, the rate of collection of recycling and so forth, some of those things, which are not directly related to covid waste that are impacted sure. somehow indirectly so it's quite interesting uh, before i turn it over to general questions i see we've just been joined by uh samir unhale from the uh Ulan's angar mumbai metropolitan region and i believe uh, you might have some comments that you're able to make uh, based on your municipalities uh, uh impacts and solutions so please uh mr uh, unhale can you can you s- give
5: us a brief uh intervention yes uh, uh thank you keith i think i'm audible am i audible here yeah? yes so uh first of all i must uh congratulate mp for having focusing on waste management uh, normally it does happen that the much more glitzier and you know much more important part of urban infrastructure gets highlighted and solid waste management uh, which is you know it's you know, one of the most uh, Uh, basic and fundamental functions doesn't get that kind of you know focus so thank you for that Uh, India's urban ecosystem if you consider the last uh, census figures of 2011 we are the Indian cities are almost the third world largest country Uh, what I mean to say is that if you add up all the population of cities in India it will be more than <clears throat> what the united states of america's population is and that uh, in that sense indian cities are the third large, third world the largest country and that is the impact that indian cities are going to have on the entire global discourse and narrative on any issues of urban affairs including the solid waste management uh, i have been working with uh, most of the municipal governments uh, priorly uh, sometimes i have worked at the provincial level and uh, The ground realities of functioning, you know, I think we will have to admire and appreciate the efforts that are put in by the uh, solid waste management laborers of the various municipalities, as well as the contractual work now that is going on. Uh, It has always been, uh, I always it is something like you know the sanitation slavery that you know our people had to work on. Uh, It is not a work which everyone likes. Very honestly, people have been working on for generations together. Sometimes the people who work with solid waste management are coming up from a particular uh, uh, socio-economic group, and in that sense, the professionalisation of solid waste management, and if one may add the commercialization of solid waste management, in a way should have uplifted the traditional uh, people who are working with the solid waste management, and I hope that the stigma that goes with this. Uh, Work is removed. It is seen as as important and as equally significant work, like a medical professional service, it should also be that social uh, recognition needs also to be given to the entire sector of solid waste management. I might be just sharing some of my examples, you know, as to how when the COVID started, it around, in around uh, March in India, it started around around 15th March. Uh, various Indian cities started getting. Uh, Examples uh, and the cases of uh, COVID, and then it the geometric progression really hit us. Then, so uh, during the initial phases, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, confusion in the mind of the uh, service management workers. I'm talking of the municipal staff, actually. when uh, a lot of uh, element of fear, there was an element of fear. the spectrum was so wide. Some of them were extremely scared, some of them were absolutely careless, they just didn't bother what exactly this was. And that. Uh, we did suggested that. The, some online uh, or some local language training needs to be given to the municipal employees, you know, to what exactly the, uh, this COVID is and what precautions that, that need to be taken. So, in fact, uh, uh, I do feel that municipal staff, uh, service management workers for municipalities, as well as the people who are contracting or working through contracts on service management need to be uh, taken up into the formal system A and more and more efforts needs to be done for training them. Some training modules should come up in local languages on uh, tell, uh, telling them what exactly needs to be done, number one. Uh, number two, the, from municipal staff, we shift to the individual uh, homes. Uh, service management is a sector you know, in which uh, uh, individual behavior of all the citizens matter a lot. Uh, unless, unless, unless you find that you know, the each and every home of the city takes uh, upon some responsibility upon to themselves it's only then you could see some credible changes in the way solid waste management uh, of that city would improve i mean uh, the municipal staff and contractor staff all put together are not even uh, 0.2 or 0.1 percent of the population of the city that is the you really can't expect uh, maybe 10 people uh, taking care of maybe 1,000 garbage generated by 1,000 people so reaching to each and individual home and uh, sensitizing them about the responsibility that they have apart from paying taxes and making complaints the citizens of the uh, the citizens ought to be uh, appropriately you know, sensitized on the things that they should be doing at their level of course the sanitation uh, the entire swachh bharat abhiyan the clean india mission that uh, was uh, was implemented in india from on 2014 onwards did make an impact did made did make this issue of service management an important part of the entire urban narrative of india yet the people's contribution people's you know sensitization and uh, in a way responsibility for being a for being i will use the word reasonable citizen forget responsible being a reasonable citizen of a city they require uh, much more efforts to be put in and that. That effort, that's community engagement needs to be increased a lot. We ought to t- take help of all our uh, housing societies is a very important movement in India. We have lots of housing societies, cooperative societies coming up. We could be engaging their, <clears throat> their managing committees to tell what needs to be done because unless the, uh, all the houses of the uh, city contribute significantly, uh, this issue would always be there. Uh, shifting from that and uh, uh, discussing more on the COVID issue, uh, the testing of uh, municipal laborers and also the rack pickers for COVID, I think uh, has to be specifically focused and targeted. Because, uh, in fact, it was a very nice presentation by Brajesh Kumarji. I saw his slides. You know, it, it really tell the, uh, in a very s- small expanse, it really told most of the issues. And if the uh, base is mixed up, with the usual municipal solid waste, I think that is going to be very disastrous because the house-house collection we have been starting, maybe someone from the Housing Society comes up here, if you talk of the Juki Jopudis and the informal settlements or slums, normally just stream around. And if the, as it was pointed out, if the COVID waste, or shall we say the uh, waste that comes out of COVID patients' houses also, and maybe the plastic which was mentioned, the mask, it could really be very dangerous and innovates uh, you know, that needs to be you know targeted uh, it, that needs to be targeted so again community sensitization what is segregation segregation maybe is, uh, wet waste and uh, dry waste we are aware of that but biomedical waste or the hazardous waste so to say that has to be you know put on uh, more uh, uh, more strongly <coughs> to all the citizens <coughs> urban poverty is a important element of you know not only urban ecosystem of india But I think the entire global south, if you consider right from Chile to Philippines, the entire global south and the urbanization that you're seeing there, there is a, uh, urban part is a very important element and how COVID would be affecting them in the livelihoods. And more importantly, the uh, impact of the proper or improper service management behavior that comes up from the informal settlements and houses would also create a major Ma- major concern for you know how we are going to contain this uh, epidemic uh, right now we uh, so that needs to be uh, 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 what i personally feel is that engaging with the community and making each and every house and home and a mother or maybe a son and daughter aware as to the importance of their role and their contribution into containing this epidemic i think is very important and that aspect needs to be uh, coming up to the community more prominently. Maybe we can think of collaboration of international agencies like maybe even and maybe various other social, various other philanthropies, various international development agencies coming to and creating a proper content, A, and B, making, uh, localizing it by local language. And uh, the appropriate symbolism that exists is, is, will be an important part as for a solid waste management and COVID is concerned at the city level. I'm sure uh, there, ha- there has to be a greater interaction between city administrators. Uh, maybe you know, even we, uh, we're working probably in India, we ought to know what's happening. Maybe in uh, you know, south, uh, Brazil is probably facing similar situations like this. So this uh, interaction at uh, an intellectual level, at academic level, at maybe your uh, uh, these interactions have to go down to the actual uh, people who are the practicing uh, municipal governance and administration. I think that is a gap which I am saying. I think if that uh, also that, that that needs to be you know bridged. More uh, experience sharing is to be there. More uh, best practices ought to be identified. They ought to be circulated. But uh, uh, I think that we could work on that. And more importantly, the if you want to engage with COVID, the essence is the speed. The speed, you know, it, it, sometimes it hits like a tsunami. The geometric progression is something which we have never really comprehended. We work on the linear level, and when the numbers start increasing, uh, there's a lot of panic. And last point I really wanted to share is that uh, I feel that media has been absolutely irresponsible in their reporting on uh, COVID. I, 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 really, I really don't know how to put it, but uh, I think media has been absolutely irresponsible the way they are reporting on COVID. Lots of confusion, lots of problems. No one knows There's so much of fear and panic. You see, you might be realizing that if one patient comes positive somewhere, the entire neighborhood goes into panic and frenzy. And that is absolutely, if I may use the word stupidity, actually. I mean, yes, it is a dangerous epidemic. We have to take care of that. But but the fear and panic which has been spread by media has been absolutely irresponsible. And uh, all the real facts ought to be. Ought to be ought to be, you know, uh, ought to come to the people there. Yes, some segment of media are being very good. They are telling what is to be done. But uh, it, it is a it is a, a containing COVID, and this element of uh, element of waste management is not going to happen only by the municipal or the state agencies, the entire city. Uh, all the citizens will have to be a very important uh, participant in this uh, exercise of containing the epidemic. So those are a few thoughts I would share. Thank to you. On this. thank you
3: Thank you very much so that was a, a third uh, presentation um, from the point of view of an active municipal uh, uh, administration so we've had uh, quite a range of uh different types of presentations I've seen a whole lot of questions coming down on the chat screen I'm not sure exactly how we want to handle those see uh, me um, but maybe I could turn to Simi for a little guidance now on whether you want to select some questions. Uh, Maybe we can take a few and then uh, turn it over to the panelists, but uh, Simi, maybe you can give us some guidance now.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, Thank you, sir. Thank you, uh, all the panelists, and thank you, Sameer, sir, especially for joining us uh, a little late, but uh, on time. Thank you very much. So, uh, uh, Dr. Keith, uh, we'd like to uh, club a set of questions for the panelists. Uh, some of them have identified which panelist uh, they want the answer from, but uh, they are mostly general and uh, for those, uh, I would identify the panelists name and then uh, the question so that they can uh, respond accordingly. So I would club the uh, club a few questions together so that they can uh, the panelists have some time to uh, uh, go through. So the first question is uh, to uh, Professor Dubey: uh, How does uh, how would COVID-19 impact in healthcare waste management, and how can we minimize the impact of human health? As we know that the coronavirus pandemic is contagious and human to human transmission. So this is one question uh, to you, sir. And another question is. Um, some more uh, details on the possible entrepreneurship opportunities, which can, uh, which this pandemic can uh, create for the youngsters, and uh, that can make it a uh, little fun uh, for the citizens to get involved in proper segregation and appropriate disposal of wastes. Uh, the next set of question is for uh, Swati. What uh, are your recommendations for recycling the industry recycling for uh, what are your recommendations for recycling industries? Any suggestions for modifications in the CPCB uh, and other uh, guidelines uh, for uh, COVID waste management in household and institutional waste? And uh, one question for uh, Mr. Unhale is what kind of contingency plan can be developed? by the local bodies that ensure uninterrupted essential waste services while ensuring complete safety of the uh, personnel. At your level, what has been done? Uh, so if you could answer these three set of questions and then we'll go on to the next. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, Professor Dubey, over to you.
4: Okay, thanks uh, Simi. So I have to remember since you asked so many, there were so many questions, <laughs> I tried to note it down. So okay. So in terms of the first one, in uh, human health impact from COVID waste, uh, like uh, I'm a garbologist as you introduced me in the beginning, I'm not a health expert. So I want to make it very clear. So I don't. I will talk uh, from a waste management point of view. So what we can do. But uh, in terms of medical issues, of course, that's not my domain. So as I mentioned during my talk, as well as Swati mentioned uh, during her talk as well, that. Uh, it, we are seeing impact on the sanitation workers uh, from uh, this uh, uh, like improper, I would call it an improper management of uh, PPE or uh, COVID related waste coming from different, uh, either from quarantine homes or from hospitals and other places. Uh, if, because they're not, they not being, as per the protocol, they should be put in a bag. And then actually they're asking to put in two bags so one bag, and then you put it in another bag from our house and that should be part, that's how it should be taken from uh, collected. But unfortunately we mix it with our regular municipal solid waste uh, from a house perspective I'm talking about. And then that creates, a, that, that creates an exposure scenario. And if it's exposed, I'd know only what uh, is reported in news articles and media as I said. So it's based on there are, uh, the virus does have a certain life on certain types of surfaces. And most of uh, the advisory also keeps on changing just a couple of days ago, we hear that now it's a airborne. So it's kind of any other virus. So we don't really, I think uh, at this, even at this particular time, we don't really know about this virus very well. It's all based on what is the research is being done. So it will take some time. But as of today, of course, in terms of taking proper precaution from waste management point of view is to keep all your, Mask and PP, other PPE stuff that we are using as a uh, non-symptom patient, uh, as, as a- symptomatic patient. It's very difficult to pronounce that word sometimes. So it's uh, so it's better to keep that waste segregated from our other waste that we produce in houses. The other regular waste can actually go as as it has been managed, hopefully in a source segregation manner. But many places it is not. But this PPE waste should be separate and should be. Uh, Ideally, it should become part of the biomedical waste. Uh, so it should go to a biomedical waste system. So that's what uh, it should be. That will help in terms of keeping- uh, If I could the-
3: just interrupt very briefly. I mean, that that sounds very important and great, but just thinking about myself, you know, I use a mask. I'm sitting here, well, I'm not in India, but in, in Osaka. Uh, even if I collect all my PPE, put it in two separate bags, I then don't have an ability to uh, dispose of it in, uh, as a biomedical waste I only have uh, my recycling streams and my household waste so although I agree that it's uh, you know a good good practice to separate as biomedical waste I think the reality uh, in many many cities is that double bagging is uh, something you can do you can ensure uh, but separating as biomedical is, is, is often difficult not, that's not true in hospitals of course. Mm. Of course but as, a, as so, a guide to people, it's a little difficult. Yeah.
4: So in that case, what the, if you are international solid waste association issuers guideline, if you look at or some other guidelines, we they have the recommendation is you put it in a sanitary landfill. So you put it in a sanitary landfill, which again in a country like India is we don't have that many sanitary landfills. So that becomes a problem. So ideally yes, biomedical waste, if possible, if not, then you put it in sanitary landfill. Of course, do do the bagging. Of course, you do the bagging so that its exposure will be less, and keep it away from the other household waste. So that's uh, that. That will help. Otherwise, the regular household waste is also contaminated now. So then we cannot recycle those. We cannot do any uh, resource recovery from that waste stream. So that was on first part, and then entrepreneurship's uh, waste actually. There is a lot of money that can be waste from, made from the waste management if it is done properly. Uh, the problem is, uh, and without source segregation, nothing can be, nothing is, uh, no technology really works. Uh, we do get some technology su- suppliers coming from different places in the world trying to sell technology in India, saying that this will work or that will work, but uh, we have to do source segregation. So, those, uh, uh, the people who have raised this question in terms of entrepreneurship, Number one will be to uh, try to have the, so again, source segregation, waste management is one area where we have uh, municipalities and the city government has to get involved. Uh, One aspect which I see, especially in the Indian context, I had a chance to work in US, Canada, and a little bit in New Zealand. Government is involved there. Government, it's not that left to the private sector, that whole concept of private sector will come and solve our problem. That, that is not going to do because waste management is one area where it requires uh, like a long-term planning. In private sectors, they want short-term gain because that's how the business works. So they, of course, the private sector will work as long as the support is there from the government. The government has to do the hand-holding. Uh, one example that I would like to give is in terms of that uh, EPR concept, that extended producer responsibility. Now, if you ask uh, individual companies to set up their own plastic recycling stuff, it's a problem. But if there is a fund where this plastic recyclers comes on board, they get support from the government, from the revenue generated from this plastic, uh, uh, like uh, plastic manufacturers or sellers, that kind of makes more sense to me uh, as a like, and that's how I saw in uh, Ontario stewardship program as well, uh, when they were working over there. So so in terms of entrepreneurship, again, Resource recovery from waste, we need to have a lot of secondary resources in this country. It will require a big investment. Uh, maybe Swati can add to it. He is working a lot in the field, and Keith uh, can add to that as well. But uh, it, it requires substantial investment, and uh, uh, where you need to work with the government agencies uh, to come up. You can set up some compost plant, you can set up some uh, anaerobic digestion, which in few crores, but uh, that again is decentralized. Uh, but again, uh, that requires help from the government because the waste is owned by the municipality. So it's the municipality usual, then that's how it and municipality has to supply you clean waste, not mixed together.
2: Sure. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, Swati over to you. And if you could uh, be a little brief in the interest of time, because we would like to have another set of questions. Uh, for the panelists and uh, also um, some for Keith. Uh, Yes, over to you. Um,
0: Yes, uh, I'll be very brief and I would really want to hear what Keith has to add. So yeah, we should all have time for him. Uh, I think very briefly, yes, adding on to what uh, Dr. Brijesh said that it's very important and pertinent to strengthen municipal waste management systems on ground. And by that, I mean that we should also use this time Um, In investing in infrastructure in cities, I mean, of course, wet waste management is an area which could be taken care of, but dry waste management area and where I also bring in recycling is an area which would demand some sort of infrastructure creation, which would mean material recovery facilities, sorting centers, storage centers. So all those kind of modalities should be established uh, in cities because Now we are also talking about EPR in the country. Very recently, just a few days back, the Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change have uh, published the draft document on on EPR. And all those modalities will not work if the municipal systems on the ground are strengthened. So I feel municipalities have to work in setting up robust systems for dry waste management. For recycling, yes, in the entire period, and I think it has been mentioned in the earlier slides also, uh, the sector has been badly hit, more so because recycling is a poor business in our countries. And if I talk about it, 60 to 70% of people involved in the sector are uh, the informal sector. And most of them, uh, due to the lockdowns, were pushed to leave cities and go back to their homes. So uh, due to all these reasons and other reasons, they didn't have the financial bandwidth to you know, recover material or, or for that matter, even recycle it. So most of those those businesses in the past few months have been shut down. But I feel it all links from the ground. Um, In a scenario where segregation, where systems that support segregation are created end-to-end, by which I mean segregation at source happens at household level. There is uh, probably a primary and a secondary station where this material is taken. And then appropriate linkages with informal sector and recyclers are created apart from processing and other infrastructure that would be required for a city, um, you know, these problems and challenges wouldn't exist. So I feel this is also an opportunity to reinvent waste management, to strengthen waste management in our cities. Um, Coming to the question on what extra additions do we need in the guidelines, I feel we should rather change and strengthen the ground. I feel the only work that needs to happen is linkages between municipal waste collection and collection facilitated by uh, the common biomedical treatment facility and how are cities ensuring those linkages and transfer of such waste? Is it going to a primary uh, center of a city and then going to the biomedical facility or is it directly being collected from the household and straight away going from a quarantine zone to a facility? So all those modalities need to be worked out to ensure that there is no chance of infection to people or sanitation workers who directly
2: deal with this waste. Thank you. Thank
5: you Swati. Uh, Sameer, sir, are you there? Yeah, yeah very much. Yeah. Uh, solid waste management issues. Uh, I saw uh, both the panelists you know, rightly pointing out that it is the municipality's responsibility and obviously there's no point denying that. The point I was trying to raise is that, uh, is the typical NIMBY approach, the mentality has to, you know, you have to come over that. If you're going to say that waste is not my responsibility, I will create as much waste as I want and throw it on the streets. And it is the job of municipality to collect it. That mindset needs to change. I mean, uh, I had used the word called sanitation slavery. That's what I'm again going back to again. You know, the, your municipal employees are not your sanitary slaves to clean the garbage that you're putting. And that mindset has to be brought in into the community as early as possible. You have to be reasonable. You have to be responsible citizen and reasonable citizen and take the responsibility also of the mess you create for your city. That's very important because again and again I'm, I do find out the same issue that the municipality's Something that the municipality is heading, not mine. That, that mindset needs to change. And Secondly, the efforts that has been done, and that was one of the questions of the sport. Let me tell you that uh, post Swachh Bharat Abhiyan, post Swachh Bharat Abhiyan, there has been tremendous investment in uh, the municipal uh, waste management sector. In fact, what the scene was maybe before 2015 and what you see now, uh, many smaller cities have been uh, performing very well in fact, the state of Maharashtra has been one of the uh, front runners in all the efforts done in uh, open defecation-free cities. Always, also in the solid waste management part. So yes, efforts are being done, and I'm again looking for collaboration between the community and the municipality and the private sector to see, make a change that is visible at the ground level. I mean, during our work, I, we did travel to a lot of cities and we were surprised to find it's just not in Maharashtra, but also in other states, even the small and medium towns, in fact, are doing much better than the bigger cities, probably because the issue there is a bit manageable, maybe in bigger metros, like maybe Delhi or Mumbai or Hyderabad, Chennai, the volume is very high. But in smaller cities, small and medium towns, lots of work has been done. Uh, Thirdly was the guidelines. I'm sure guidelines coming from the Ministry of Environment and also the Ministry of Urban Affairs are extremely important. They place, they put things in context, give an indication what needs to be done. And the guidelines, of course, are evolving and uh, making those implement, uh, getting them implemented at city level will always be a challenge for people from our sector. And as I keep on saying to the reasonable and responsible citizens of of the city. Uh, as far as biomedical waste is concerned, we already have in the last solid waste management rules, uh, which were notified in, I think, in 2018, uh, there is a provision of biohazard waste in, every, uh, in the rules itself. And in many cities, even many smaller cities would find that there is a provision for collecting a biohazard waste, number one. Number two, as far as the area which I have been earlier working, maybe the Mumbai metro region, uh, the biomedical waste is a uh, that, that's a setup it's been quite it's quite strong enough and it does exist for the last 10 15 years so biomedical waste is not a new uh, new thing in uh, solid waste management in indian cities and uh, when we were, when i was earlier working there when I was earlier working there uh, there was a uh, all the garbage that was collected from the solid waste management on the containment zones or the houses of the suspected or quarantine area was collected separately. There was a protocol of spraying. The bags were distributed free by the municipality. They were sprayed and they were shifted to the various biomedical management facilities, which already exist in, the, in this part of the country. I, I, I wouldn't have been in the position to speak what's happening in the other parts. But that was being done. So what I'm trying to suggest here is that, yes, the, uh, the concerns that has been raised are being addressed. Many the right from the central government to the municipal government level, a lot of actions have been taken. The issue is creating an impact and you know spreading it to the uh, every possible home. So that I think is a challenge and that's the challenge where we require support and contribution from all the sectors of society, all the aspects of society. Yeah, thank you.
2: Thank you, sir. Uh, so uh, the next set of question is, I would like to start with uh, those four, uh, it's it basically, these questions basically uh, look for answers for the best practices or the way forward. So uh, the question for Dr. Keith uh, is, uh, please share your experience of managing COVID and non-COVID waste in your own country and uh, how have you administered it? Uh, can the cost-effective uh, pouches be given to citizens to dump the masks, gloves, etc., and seal it while they give it to the waste collectors? Will this help in better segregation? And uh, taking from there, uh, a common question to um, the panelists is uh, what would it mean to give the waste workers a status of key workers or the frontline workers, and why is it important? And how would it translate to ensuring health and safety measures for the waste workers? Because, uh, du- because waste management during these times would still require them to deal with the household and the biomedical waste. And uh, another question uh, was specifically uh, raised on Facebook for uh, um, Swati. As to uh, your uh, your last slide, which showed um, the direct correlation, uh, especially because it is suggesting a route for transmission from waste, which is not proven, since uh, the COVID uh, coronavirus cannot survive beyond a few days living outside the cells. So, uh, and the current cases, especially the surge in uh, Bangalore, doesn't show this uh, correlation but uh, also it doesn't mean that uh, one shouldn't follow the solid waste management and the uh, local municipality rules on uh, uh, waste management uh, which is uh, based which are based on uh, source segregation so uh, your views on this uh, ma'am and um, uh, another question uh, which also uh, um, perhaps if uh, dr keith could answer Uh, Considering the current report of uh, the World Health Organization regarding the transmission of coronavirus through AIR, what are the points or the revisions that are needed, according to you, considering the solid waste management? Over to you, sir.
3: Uh, So thanks. Those were great questions. And let me start by apologizing. I mean, I've been watching a little bit of the the question stream go by. You've captured some of them. There are many, many interesting questions that are not captured and it's great to see the level of interest and uh, from people uh, and apologies for those of you who we don't get to. Um, I wanted to touch back on one point uh, which uh, our third speaker made uh, about uh, the, the nature of waste management as an essential service. I think that's a one good take home message here. A lot of attention has been given to say healthcare workers and how they're an essential service and how you know we need to ensure that they have proper protective, protective uh, equipment and that they're properly remunerated for this essential service to society. I think it's much less common to hear that about the waste management. Uh, these are people who are, uh, have been working while well, many of uh, me I've been at home, you know, on lockdown uh, not going to work, but the essential services has to have to continue and we should uh, do everything we can to protect those people in, 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 in providing us with those services and waste management is a core one. Uh, some other things that came out in the discussion separation. Uh, it sounds like in India, you will often have a situation where you're separating wet dry separating out organics is really valuable for many, many reasons. I noticed one person asked about climate change. It's very, uh, a lot of the um, climate uh, emissions from the waste sector come from organic material and separating out organics can be a way of reducing greenhouse gas emissions uh, from the from the waste sector or can lead you towards solutions to that. Um, it also reduces the amount of the other waste we have to deal with. So our landfills are less, less filled we could more easily recycle, so that 's really one of the take homes is how important that separation of organics is um, Use existing systems someone asked about the pouches can we can we have some pouches and you people... you know it 's possible and it might work say in the next pandemic, but I do not think it 's a good idea to try and right now institute a pouch system in a city in India because nobody will know what they are. There'll be so much learning that has to go on, you know, what, what do I put in the pouches, where do I put the pouches, that it won't really be a an, 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 um, solution to the urgent needs we have now. So, so I would like to try and separate out, you know, great ideas that we can think about in the future, because there'll be more pandemics and more issues like this, and, and how to deal with the challenges today. And for the challenges today, it boils down to using our existing systems. So there was a question about other countries. Every country, every- Dr. Keith, are you there
2: with us? I think we lost
0: Keith. Should I come in, Simi? With- You can- Uh, Could you repeat the question again, Simi, very quickly? yeah yeah the question
2: was basically uh, to just uh, put it in a nutshell that uh, the last slide that you have uh, shown uh, mm-hmm. it it shows a direct correlation uh, but uh, uh, sh- the um, question uh, uh, according to miss shamla manish says that uh, uh, it is uh, actually uh, Difficult because uh, the route for route of transmission from waste, uh, which is not proven, since the uh, since the coronavirus cannot survive beyond uh, a few days outside the living cells. So, mm-hmm. does that mean that uh, one shouldn't follow the waste management rules properly, which are based on source segregation? She is actually questioning that. Uh, The absolutely, it is absolutely vital. But uh, such simplistic solution or correlation uh, can be
0: questioned. So, your thoughts on this, based on your last slide? I I think what I wanted to share via the last slide was actually that cities that, in in very holistic manner, are adopting you know the rules, which if you really go by the rule book. Uh, by a solid waste management rules 2016 then then it ideally means you segregate you you treat uh, at source or at a centralized or a decentralized facility and uh, you recycle and you ensure that there is minimal disposal of uh, waste and cities that are doing that we are also observing who are like following this pattern holistically we're also observing that there we have uh, less number of cases, of course, leaving behind Bangalore, where uh, this was June's data, which I had analyzed. But of course, if we look at present data, Bangalore has a surge. Uh, but but you know, of course, we can't negate the fact that there is a need to adopt more localized action, which would mean segregation at source and treatment at source, mobilizing communities, networks, volunteers, NGOs, or even RWAs, resident welfare associations for bigger cities for that matter. So I think, uh, just to clarify that, I didn't mean that we don't have to follow the rules, and we definitely have to follow the rules. And if you go by the rule book, then, then I would also feel that this entire discussion um, around the safety of workers, you know waste in itself is an essential service. So of course, uh, if we are better at it and more effective at it, um, I'm assuming that we're also reducing the chance of infection to uh, workers and municipalities who are at the front end of it, yeah. Thank you. And I think just to add also, there was one other question, which I felt was very relevant directly asked, which which was, should we look at, uh, you know, uh, changing policies and then looking at, into implementation? I feel sometimes better practices also influence policy. And uh, previously, uh, I've been a part of projects and engagements where some effective practices on the ground changed state-level uh, legislations and city-level uh, legislations, and ensured other cities replicate similar practices. So, also documenting uh, good practices and bringing them at the forefront, both at central and state straight, straight level, uh, to policymakers is is also imperative to have better uh, you know to reflect better changes in the policy as well. So, I, I feel we should all the time as researchers, as people who are very actively working on waste, should, also, should always be on a lookout of what's happening around. Is there a good practice nearby to document and share it on a bigger platform? Because that always brings it on the center stage and uh, helps in replicating the practices as well as also, uh, you know, making a bigger change at policy level. So I feel practice to policy in today's times is also quite imperative. Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Swati. Uh, Dr. Keith, uh, could you come in? We're sorry we lost you for a bit. Uh, You were talking about the climate impact, climate change. Yeah, Uh, I
3: I apologize. My internet seems to have dropped out briefly. Um, I was talking about separating organics having multiple wins, both on climate and and on waste management. Um, I, I mentioned we should be using existing strategies, and many, many countries have different ones. So it's not necessarily... Uh, a question of learning best practices from other cities or other countries, because if you have different existing structures and existing collection schemes and it, uh, you'll have to have different uh, responses to the COVID. Um, I I wanted to just answer one other question that I think came up, which was, well, now we hear that COVID is transmitted by air, so all the waste management doesn't matter anymore. well, maybe uh, it, that it, it does seem to be that. Uh, well, many scientists have suggested that the WHO uh, acknowledge this, and WHO is probably going to do that soon. Uh, I would say all that does is show us the importance of adaptability of of learning how we as we go. Um, there will be all kinds of new uh, developments that are going to occur in this pandemic. Uh, and uh, so any solution that we think of now uh, may or may not be a solution, then again, in, in another few weeks or a month, depending on the locality, depending on you know how overrun the hospitals are, how overtaxed your medical incinerator is, et cetera. So uh, that's just a plea for continual learning, continual adaptation, uh, and uh, with a focus that you know always on, reducing transmission through the waste streams, that's what we're talking about here, but also making sure you're looking at the, the big terms. If it's true that most of the transmission is by air uh, and not through surfaces, I'm not saying that's true, we don't know, but if it is true, we have to, think, we have to rethink a lot of what we're uh, doing right now because that would be a, a new piece in, this, uh, in the puzzle. Uh, so I do think we need to be adaptable. Uh, let me stop there, and I'm sorry about the technical hiccup.
2: No problem, sir. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Dubey. So please unmute your mic.
4: So yeah, what was the question you had for me, With Dr. You are muted now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one question uh, was uh, definitely on the uh, climate uh, impact. If you could also throw some light on that. Uh, that was uh, one question. And uh, one uh, very interesting question uh, that is coming up on uh, the Facebook Live is that uh, um, could, could um, you tell us whether sterilization really works for treating the PPE? And uh, are the uh, UV sterilization devices effective? And those that are being set up uh, in the industries and organizations to treat the masks? Or could you even suggest a few local sterilization techniques before disposing it to the uh, municipal waste? So basically, uh, to know uh, what, what at the individual level, uh, the people can do uh, amid the crisis. And uh, also, the question on uh, the emissions, the climate emissions, which are being uh, uh, posed by the COVID waste. COVID we are in a climate emergency after all, particularly the particulate matter, heavy metal, heavy metal te- uh, emissions and all such uh, emissions that are there. And considering the environmental impacts that lead to different conclusions, uh, what are your thoughts on that?
4: Okay, so regarding the climate impact, I think Keith explained it uh, very detailed. So if you have the organic waste separate, definitely you say if whatever you do, if you do anaerobic digestion, if you don't collect, uh, collect the methane gas properly and uh, anaerobic digestion gas, of course you should be able to collect methane properly. But then when you convert it to CO2 because of the gas prices, natural gas prices being low, then you lose all the benefits. Similarly, for me, landfills, if you have the organic waste in the landfill, methane emissions is a big problem. The fugitive emissions from uh, uh, this, uh, even sanitary, good sanitary landfill has a collection efficiency of around 55, 60%. So for me, of uh, gas. So we lose around 35 to 40% gas to atmosphere anyway. So so that's those are the issues in terms of, so of course that impact the climate change. If you have the organic uh, collected separately, that helps in reducing that. Uh, Some, uh, in terms of sterilization and using like reusable PPEs, uh, people, uh, there are, again, I would, I would qualify by saying that I'm not a medical expert. So don't uh, take my advice from a waste management point of view to reduce the waste. Yes, what, based on the information that is out there, I think uh, using, like, if you have a good N95 mask, which you can put a... Uh, Like if you can uh, you can possibly you can you can reuse that Uh, you can you have to of course you have to sterilize that um, uh, for uh, in terms of uh, and even if you can use cloth mask like if you have a three layer cloth mask in India right now if you have a three layer cloth mask that is quite popular people are using those cloth masks, three layer cloth masks, and using mask again as Keith was also mentioning it's a it's a very dynamic exercise right now. We don't, today we have some advisory, tomorrow we have some other advisory and day after tomorrow we'll have some other advisory. And mask is useful. If it's not airborne, then it's mask is, was needed only when we go to the crowded places. If I'm sitting in my house or if I'm just walking in my, just outside my house, possibly I don't need a mask if, I'm, uh, if it's not airborne. But if, uh, if it's at all airborne now, of course we need to use the mask. So three layer cloth mask, I, again, I'm not a doctor, so <laughs> I would like to make it very clear. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, and then that can be reusable and that can be washed and reused. And for if you use PPEs and other stuff, uh, which you have to throw in the garbage, we talked about it earlier, that put it in two layer plastic bag, one's in there and the other. If you want to wash it, wash it down the, See, if you wash it down uh, hot water for uh, like hot, again, that was based on some initial uh, studies which came out that, well, if you have hot, oh, hot, the higher temperature will kill it. But we are seeing that possibly that is also not working. We are in middle of summer in India, but it's still virus is still around here. Uh, and in terms of hygiene, the basic concept of hand washing is still true. It still holds that 20 minutes, 20 seconds of hand washing. That advisory is still there, and that advisory is from that uh, that wash campaign, that water and sanitation campaign that is going on for for a few decades now. So that is still holds good. So 20 second hand wash is, I think that that's the, that will not create many uh, PPEs, especially if you have the gloves and other stuff. Uh, Then you talked about emissions uh, in terms of waste management uh, from the organic, we talked about that. Transportation, again, if you go for, there are a lot of emissions in transportation as well, when we collect collection and transportation of garbage. So there is always a debate between decentralization and centralization of waste collection. Decentralization will help reduce some of those uh, emissions in terms of the transport. But again, you need to have the economy of a scale. If you, the plant has to be, uh, can, for example, if you set up a waste to energy plant, it needs to get around 300 tons per day. If it doesn't get 300 to 350 tons per day, it will not, may not be economically viable. So, so you need to bring the garbage from different places to make it economically viable. Air pollution, uh, as per rule or as per the technology which is out there, we have the technology out. We our rules are strict enough to take care of the air pollution problem. The problem comes when we don't implement the rules properly. When we try to do some shortcuts in uh, air pollution control system, uh, when we visit some of these plants, the air pollution control systems are actually shut down. And it works only when CPCB or SPCB is making a visit. So, <laughs> so that's a, that's the pollution control board. Uh, making a visit so that, that was kind of, so this is a more of operational challenge, but uh, most of the emissions coming out from waste management treatment plants is, can be uh, controlled including dioxin, furans, and other stuff. You go to Western European countries, they have wonderful waste to energy plants in the If you go to Vienna, their waste to energy plant is uh, so, so, so nice and even in Amsterdam, and uh, they are able to control air pollution systems. So it's not, it's costly. Uh, it's costlier than landfill, but it can be doable.
2: sure thank you uh, samir sir would you like to add in some points before we hand over to uh, dr keith for his concluding remarks
5: i think uh, all the panelists have you know uh, made very uh, pertinent observations uh, very uh, in fact I, I, I come from the operations side, i am a practitioner so i sometimes find issues to put my actions into a proper conceptual framework and you know this actually i have benefited more <laughs> in this interaction, rather instead of being panellist, I think I was more of a, uh, a participant here. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, three issues I would just, just like to flag on. Number one, uh, COVID has expressed you know our uh, features in our, the way we were looking at urbanization. So it has to be a uh, learning experience for us on to how to move ahead with the larger issues of urbanization, not only in India, but probably all over the world. Secondly, the Uh, Triad of challenges that we have in coming that coming decade and we're in the third decade now uh, Would be of uh, climate change would be of the attaining the SDGs and of course bringing the economy back after the COVID comes up Uh, Cities have been the drivers and most important players on all these three aspects and uh, therefore there will be a bigger learning for all the cities and uh, the point raised by Swati, which was on there, has to be better collaboration, identifying best practices, circulating them, and creating a framework of they getting executed and implemented in the various cities. I think would be a uh, challenge that we'll have to face uh, in uh, coming. Thank you. Thank you,
2: sir. Dr. Keith, over to you.
3: So I, I think we're summing up now, right? Yes. So, yes. Uh, I think it was a great discussion. We had some really different perspectives from, uh, you know, practitioners in municipalities, from uh, more theoretical, you know, uh, university type research uh, and looked at a lot of different cities around around India, big ones, little ones, decentralized, centralized. Um, There were two main themes that we touched on one was what are some urgent actions what can we do right now to reduce our you know vulnerability to this disease to improve to make sure we use our existing systems well uh and that we uh, recognize the essential service of, of waste management you know that's all the things how, what do we do with our masks all that kind of stuff that's really important but another one, uh, and a lot of the questions touch more on that, the ones related to climate and others, is how do, we, how do we use this transition, this sudden shock to our systems, to build tomorrow better? What are some overall thinking we can make uh, and, and take this transition that's bound to happen, because so our lives and our societies have been so uh, dramatically shocked that we can build out to tomorrow in a, in a better way. And, and and some of that is about uh, waste management. About uh, now, now, the concepts that we've been, I think a lot of us know, is about reducing. Reduce our waste. We can do that through design. We can do that through behavior. We can do it lots of ways. But reducing is, is really the first pillar of what we want to build in tomorrow better is, is a system where we have less of it. Uh, reusing, uh, we talked about, can you reuse masks? Uh, and the answer I think was pretty much, yes, you can. You, there are, re- I have one and I reuse it. Um, I know doctors in the United States are now reusing their masks. Uh, so, you know, it, yes, you can reuse and reusing is a good thing. Uh, do it wisely, think about, you know, how we can maximize reuse after reduction. And then there's recycling and recycling is impacted by everything uh, we've been talking about by separation by and uh, and and only at the very end of all that after we've done our reducing our using and recycling are we talking about end of pipe solutions like you know we talked a little bit about municipal solid waste incineration, about sanitary landfills etc but that should be an end of pipe that should be a small little bit <laughs> that we're talking about at the end uh, so hopefully we can we can at least to some extent as a society think about, beyond the urgent measures, how we're gonna build tomorrow better, how we're gonna take lessons uh, to transition to a a less wasteful society and one that better uh, reuses our precious resources and uh, maintains our wealth, our natural capital in the environment, our social capital in our educated populations and, and our real wealth rather than just always trying to grow our economic gains through, through GDP increase, for example. So thank you very much everyone for that very wonderful discussion. Uh, and sorry again to the many, I, you know, I see a, a very interesting discussion going on in the side about whether there are dioxin emissions in Europe. I think those are great questions, but we have to come to an end. So thank you everyone for your participation.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Keith. I would now request uh, Dr. Arjun Kumar, Director of Impact and Policy Research Institute and uh, Ms. Ritika, uh, Senior Research Assistant, to formally give the vote of thanks before we log off. Over to you.
6: Thank you. Thank thank you, Dr. Mehta, And uh, uh, thank you, everyone, for this uh, wonderful panel. I uh, really learned a lot and enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, uh, especially, uh, uh, especially from our chair, chair. it's like uh, you know the leadership uh, uh, in, in knowledge is leading us, and uh, our very wonderful panel uh, from uh, practitioners, administration, uh, advocacy, uh, uh, academics, and research point of view, it has been very stimulating. And uh, I would just like to add a, a few lines uh, that uh, this pandemic has has again. Uh, brought a renewed focus on waste. And uh, not so because uh, uh, of the economic aspect or the growth of waste, uh, but because it it poses a security threat to us, to humans. And uh, uh, now how we are living uh, uh, sustainably, uh, interacting uh, with the environment and uh, uh, with Mother Earth uh, is being questioned again. And uh, the very notion, especially in developing countries like India, uh, is of the behavior change. And uh, uh, now that can be uh, grasped, uh, focused upon, upon, and uh, our renewed focus uh, can be uh, given. uh, uh, What can we see in terms of uh, sustainable production and consumption of all the resources? uh, Circular economy, uh, uh, the the zero waste in terms of soil, uh, uh, solid, liquid, and gas. And uh, uh, I thank all our champions uh, uh, working in this field of uh, uh, resource management and uh, uh, and putting forth all this discussion and nuances uh, 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 for a wider uh, dissemination. And uh, once again, I would also like to uh, uh, reiterate uh, that uh, now we should focus and, and make uh, waste uh, as a non-negotiable uh, priority and agenda post this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And this is also uh, an opportunity for all of us, uh, uh, those who have uh, given our decades of research and work towards working on this goal. Uh, The government of India, uh, the Swachh Bharat Mission, Clean uh, clean India campaign, uh, has made marvelous success in terms of making India open defecation free, in terms of uh, constructing toilets, and we have uh, uh, achieved almost you know universal uh, targets there now the next phase of, of uh, waste management uh, is the key and i think with the uh, with the uh, uh, participation uh, the feasibility technology aspect uh, uh, in a more uh, decentralized way uh, we can do uh, promote entrepreneurship and uh, and also have common wisdom towards this uh, very sensitive issue uh, uh, i really like to thank dr keith elverson to uh, to uh, guiding us thoroughly and uh, and promoting us uh, to hold this event on this very important topic and uh, uh, from japan thank you so much sir uh, i would also like to thank swati singh samyal ma'am for agreeing to come here and uh, share such a wonderful presentation uh, everyone is uh, in the chat group is asking for the presentation we will share this uh, with the due permission and also uh, upload it in our website in the event page and uh, 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 Mr. Samir Unale sir uh, thank you for uh, coming and uh, and finding time uh, especially when you know all <laughs> dealing with containment zones there and uh, thank you so much for sharing that administrative perspective that how hard it is uh, uh, and how municipalities are uh, uh, handling these issues especially when you know all the municipal staffs are also affected very badly uh, uh, with this virus and uh, 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 finally uh, for, from the panelists I would uh, like to thank uh, uh, the champion and our <laughs> garbologist, Professor Rajesh Kumar Dubey. Uh, I am so I'm I'm a, I'm a very keen and uh, uh, interested in his work and and uh, uh, a very fan kind of student of his on this topic, and uh, uh, he guides us uh, so well for this topic uh, in India and uh, working on so many projects on you know. A clean India Mission and a Clean Ganga Mission, all the projects in Assam, going into every landfill and looking into these aspects. Uh, thank you, uh, Professor Dubey, sir. And uh, I would also like to thank the organizer, Dr. Simi Mehta, uh, Anjula, Ritika, uh, Professor Balwan Singh, Dubeh, uh, Balwan Singh Mehta uh, uh, for uh, making this happen. Uh, Ritika, uh, you can please add, yes. Unmute.
1: Ritika, unmute your mic. Yeah. Thank you so much, sir. On behalf of Center for Environment, Climate Change, and Sustainable Development, Impact and Policy Research Institute, I would like to thank Dr. Keith Elverson for chairing this session and draw attention towards this pertinent issue in his opening remarks. He also highlighted three hours for a better tomorrow. Thank you, sir, for your invaluable time. I would like to thank Ms. Swati Sambhyal for a- accepting our invitation. See, she highlighted the challenges being faced by workers treating the increased biomedical waste. She showed that decentralization of urban services, segregation, and citizen engagement are some of the practices lessons. I am also thankful to Professor Brajesh Dubey who highlighted the problems faced by recycling industries and challenges posed by increased use of single-use plastic during lockdown. He stated that practices such as chemical recycling, automated inser- insurrection, can help us reducing waste. Thank you, sir, for joining this session. I am also thankful to Mr. Sameer Unhale for joining the session. As rightly said by him, there is need to recognize the work of manual scavengers because they are not sanitation slaves. He urges for individual participation of citizens and community engagement with involvement from private sector. Thank you, sir, for devising ground-level actions which can be really helpful in tackling this issue. I would like to thank Dr. Simi Mehta for being a moderator and managing the session effectively. Thank you, ma'am. Lastly, I would like to thank Dr. Arjun Kumar and Ms. Anshula Mehta for organizing this discussion. I extend my heartiest regards to all the attendees on Zoom and on Facebook Live. I hope, I'm hoping that this session would have definitely opened new thoughts in young minds of our young scholars working in the field of waste management during pandemic. Thank you so much for attending this session.
6: Have a nice day. Have a nice day.
2: Before yes. we log off, can we just, just uh, a bit, uh, if uh, all the panelists, uh, Samir, sir, if you could turn off, uh, turn on your video so that I can take a uh, group photographs. Uh, one, two, three. One, two, three. Yeah. Thank you and have a very good day. Thank you, sir.
3: Thank you. Goodbye.
2: Thank you, Dr. D. everyone. Thank you. you, Love
0: Thank, you. Speak, Thank you. Bye, Nice to meet you.